You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report podcast. All right, welcome to the August 2022 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So we spend our days helping students choose the best coding boot camps for them. But each month we take a little break and we round up all of the most interesting boot camp industry news that Jess and I read about and chatted about in our Course Report office or really these days shared with each other on on Slack. Mm-hmm. And we wrap it all up and share it with you. Yeah. But before we dive into our August news, we really wanted to get um, our next free live Q&A on your radar. So Liz and I will be moderating and we'll have admissions reps from five different coding boot camps. Yes. Okay. So this is taking place on Wednesday, September 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Jess and I will be getting to the bottom of how to get into a coding bootcamp right now. So if you're thinking about going to a coding bootcamp, don't miss this live Q&A. You will leave with a nice worksheet that kind of compares the five bootcamps for you. And you can RSVP at a link that we will put in the blog post that goes with this podcast episode. Um, and also, this is a live Q&A. So you can tune in. You can ask questions. If you're not comfortable asking questions live, you can send us your questions about admissions so that we can funnel them to our panel. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a super informative webinar, whether you've done some self-teaching or you're a total beginner looking at coding boot camps. But back to the August news. So this month, we saw over $175 million in bootcamp fundraises and in really interesting Web3 acquisition. Plus, Republicans shared what they would like to see in an extended Pell Grant program. We're also going to cover the latest on the transformation of a big player in the OPM market. And we're diving into the coding boot camps that are working hard to eliminate gatekeeping for tech skills training and tech jobs. Plus, we'll tell you all about the new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory this August. Let's kick off this episode with the fundraises and acquisitions we saw this month. So Liz, which boot camp raised $153 million? Okay, so first up is Degreed, which is more of a learning platform than a coding boot camp, but they announced their $153 million Series D round, which brings Degreed's total fundraise to $360.2 million. Wow. Degreed is, yes, wow. Degreed is pretty clear that their focus is on the job training. And so that funding is going to be used to accelerate product development, enhance data infrastructure, fuel global expansion, and pursue strategic acquisitions. Security Week reports that Cybrary, which is a cybersecurity training platform based out of Maryland, raised $25 million in venture capital. With this funding, Cybrary aims to further develop its online workforce training capabilities. 
And according to TechCrunch, Chainshot has been acquired by the crypto developer platform Alchemy. This partnership makes perfect sense. Alchemy is often referred to as the AWS for Web3, and Chainshot runs boot camps for aspiring Web3 developers. If this was our, you know, end of the year episode, we might be ringing our little alarm and saying this is a trend alert uh, for Web3 or blockchain developer boot camps. There aren't a ton of these yet, but the number is certainly rising. And Chainshot said that their student enrollment has grown 180% since January 2022. They wouldn't say from what to what, but you know, 180% is still a great number. Uh, TechCrunch also reported on Encode Club, which is another Web3 boot camp. And both of these boot camps report about 50% job placement rates, hmm. but Encode only accepts experienced developers, while Chainshot apparently has no vetting process for applicants. Hmm. UK-based coding bootcamp North Coders secured a 4 million euro government contract to continue supporting its efforts of helping Brits make career changes. According to Education Technology, this funding from the Department of Education helps North Coders offer full tuition scholarships to students in that area. And finally, Sifted reported that Barcelona-based online coding bootcamp Microverse has doubled its valuation through a $4 million extension of their $12.5 million Series A round. And Microverse points to the soaring demand for digital skills training in developing countries as a reason for this uptick. Well, with student loan forgiveness at the forefront of American news, we continue to see movement around Pell Grant expansion and eligibility, and then also legislation for consumer protection around income share agreements. So we want to give you updates on both of these. Jess, why don't we start with Pell Grants? Yeah, so we heard more details about what the Republicans in the U.S. are looking for in an expanded Pell Grant program. Republicans from the Education and Labor Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives announced a proposal to expand eligibility for Pell Grants to 8- to 15-week programs. These programs would need to have a completion rate of 70% and a job placement rate of 70%. The proposal also states that these programs charge less in tuition and fees than the median wage bump for grads two years after they complete, like compared to their earnings when they first enroll. There was nothing more about online if that would be included Mm. in this new proposal. So I think that's still very much on the table in some other proposal. And very cool to see some of those guidelines, Mm -hmm. kind of complicated math there, but very interesting. So the tuition and fees that the bootcamp can charge would have to be less than the medium wage bump for grads. So basically like the bootcamp tuition has to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And Inside Higher Ed reported on a new bipartisan ISA bill introduced in late July. We've been waiting on a bill since about 2015, I think we could have expected one, but nothing has made it this far so far. So we wanted to spend a few minutes going over what this bill will do for ISAs or income share agreements. Okay, so first, the bill would create a separate regulatory system under consumer protection law that is specifically designed for ISAs. It would clarify that ISAs must follow consumer protection laws such as the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. 
It creates protections if a student's income becomes too low to manage their ISA payment. So under the bill, ISA providers would be prohibited from requiring borrowers to pay more than 20% of their annual income. And it would also prevent borrowers from making payments during periods of low income, which is defined as basically a little over $40,000 a year. Also, ISAs would have to expire after 360 months or 240 monthly payments. And if a borrower is considered low income, then the bill would require ISA providers to suspend payments for at least three months for every 30 payments made, which would basically give, you know, uh, borrowers a bit of a some padding to like recover. And then it finally, I know this is a lot, but it's, it's quite interesting, would also require that disclosures model the Truth in Lending Act, such as a requirement to provide comparisons to the ISA agreement and like other loan options. Um, so actually like showing what a student would be paying under multiple different types of payment plans. Most people are saying that this is the best version of the bill. And I, I do think that if we look at the lawsuits around ISAs that have been brought by students, this bill would have safeguarded them. Yeah, totally. It brings a lot of clarity to that. So 2U is going through some serious transition right now. If you'll remember in last month's episode, there was speculation that India-based online education provider Biju was offering to buy 2U at a valuation of more than $1 billion. This month, 2U's CEO, Chim Pauchek, says that he will not respond to rumors. Um, Inside Higher Ed reported that 2U did a series of layoffs and then also then announced that the company is restructuring as it swings to focusing on edX, which it acquired in 2021. So Liz, what did EdSurge have to say about 2U's new business approach with edX? Well, between the current kind of global economy and then just the regulatory focus on OPMs right now, 2U is definitely making moves. Remember that 2U doesn't just operate boot camps. They're also you know, a huge part of their business is graduate degrees, but they're definitely not just going to ride out the storm. They are making real changes. Mm -hmm. So one of the main criticisms of 2U was the high tuition cost for graduate programs, which to be clear, were set by 2U's partner universities, but they're going to be taking steps to drive down the cost of those programs, which I think will this, you know, Ed Surge points out that it will make them easier to market. Mm-hmm. And then 2U is going to, as you said, just reorganize under the edX brand. It'll increase its focus on stability and profitability and decrease the focus on growth. And then, as you mentioned, also their plan is to lay off 20% of staff in the second half of 2022. And they predict that that will boost their EBITDA or, you know, net revenue. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of doubling down on this flywheel effect. And the Ed Surge article explains it well, so I'm just going to quote it, where they say, quote, edX can upsell to its tens of millions of registered learners taking free or low-cost online courses known as MOOCs, thus driving down the marketing costs required for the OPM business while offering a spectrum of options from free MOOCs to stackable certificates to boot camps and short courses all the way to full degrees. So we'll see how that pays off. And since we're talking about OPMs, Zovio, which now owns Full Stack Academy, has been in a bit of an internal crisis for the last few months. This doesn't impact Full Stack Academy, but in August, we saw some resolution. Zovio announced that they basically sold the OPM segment of its business to the University of Arizona Global Campus. 
And finally, WSB-TV covered a new lawsuit with more than a dozen plaintiffs against online coding bootcamp Clever Programmer. The lawsuit alleges that Clever Programmer misled students and encouraged them to take out loans in order to pay for the bootcamp with the idea that they would be landing high-paying tech jobs. It's very new, so we'll keep you posted on how this lawsuit turns out. Skills-based hiring continues to gain traction. A recent HireVue study found that 45% of companies are adopting a skills-first hiring approach. USA Today notes that 18% of companies are prioritizing bootcamp training certifications instead of excluding candidates without degrees. So Liz, how are coding bootcamps helping grads land good-paying tech roles based just on their skills? Well, one way is through registered apprenticeships and Year Up just announced that they are partnering with Open Classrooms, which is already a U.S. Department of Labor registered apprenticeship, and they're creating a new apprenticeship program called Earn More, Learn More. So basically, Earn More, Learn More will offer one-on-one mentorship and high-touch coaching, and essentially employers will get these apprenticeships working on their technology and digital marketing and data analytics teams. And then those apprentices will be paid and will be learning on the job. And this program is specifically for underrepresented folks in technology. Such a great program. Yeah. Codefellows has teamed up with the Washington State Department of Social and Health Services in order to offer free tech training to anyone who is also qualified to receive federal basic food assistance. These students may also be eligible for additional services such as a free laptop, transportation, and clothing to support their career development while completing that Codefellows training. I actually just interviewed a recent Codefellows grad, Bill, who was able to cover his Codefellows tuition through this program. He was unemployed at the time that he was enrolled at Codefellows. So we'll link to the Q&A in our August News Roundup in case you're in Washington and interested in this. I loved reading that Q&A. Congratulations to Bill um, on his very successful career change. And according to Refresh Miami, Four Geeks Academy has partnered with United Way in August to expand access to coding boot camps for underrepresented Miamians. And one key part of this initiative is that they'll be focusing on single female heads of household, military veterans, and people of color making less than $35,000 a year. That partnership is stemming from a $25 million donation from Mackenzie Scott to United Way Miami, and a portion of these funds will be spent to put a pilot group of 100 people through 4Geeks Bootcamp. And important to point out that this is not a scholarship, but rather it is funding to help pay the student's tuition. So once the student successfully completes 4Geeks and gets a job, then they will pay back the tuition and then that fund should become self-sustaining. That's cool. Yeah, it's a cool idea. A few columnists were wondering if the price and experience of coding boot camps today are making it more difficult for minorities to get tech training. So Liz, what was Prism's take on coding boot camps this month? Well, not super optimistic, but <laughs> Sravia Tadapali wrote a piece for Prism this August that compared the tales of two boot campers. So Shonda Warren signed up for Ada Developers Academy, which is a tuition-free, one-year-long nonprofit coding school in Seattle. 
And Hungyi Wang signed up for a three-month for-profit web development bootcamp run by 2U or Trilogy at Rutgers University. Long story short, Shonda had a great experience with an internship at Uber that turned into a full-time job through Ada Developers Academy, but Hungyi was disappointed in their experience at the Rutgers bootcamp. And that led Prism to look into how to impact the careers of BIPOC folks who want to enter the tech industry, pointing out that people of color already face a myriad of obstacles, like having less access to mentors. And I think the lesson of this article is that boot camps have a responsibility to their students, of course, and some boot camps do a better job of supporting people of color and, and their BIPOC students than others. Don't be convinced by the boot camps admissions team alone. You really need to look for a boot camp that's going to offer you the amount of support that you need. So, you know, Shonda chose Ada Developers Academy. It's a nonprofit. They offer an internship as part of the boot camp. It's also one year long. You mm-hmm. may not have a whole year to do a boot camp and change your career. So it truly kind of depends on your own needs. Kind of along the same lines, cybersecurity expert Ben Allen wrote in Forbes this month about how the rising cost of cybersecurity boot camps alongside inflation and today's cost of living is making it extra hard for people to enroll, especially minorities. With so many cybersecurity job openings these days and also projected cybersecurity job openings in the near future, Allen says boot camps and the government can do more to help people reskill into this field. He suggests more financial aid for low-income students and students who are minorities, and also creating free or subsidized cohorts for certain communities. He pointed to Code Platoon, which has created sort of its own program for veterans in the Chicago area by working with the city of Chicago. Allen points to the fact that there are not enough cybersecurity training programs out there right now and that the government could step in to create more boot camps and apprenticeship programs. In terms of tech apprenticeship programs, we are starting to see more of that now with the Biden administration's expansion of the registered apprenticeship program with that Apprenticeship Building America grant program that was released earlier this year. But yeah, I think it would be very interesting to see the federal government getting more involved in creating these kinds of reskilling programs. We Can Code IT has been on our radar for the last few years for doing really great steady work. And Spectrum News reported this month on how their founder, Mel McGee, is working to change the makeup of the tech industry. We Can Code IT's mission is championing social equity through technology. And by 2030, McGee says that she wants 70% of her graduates to be from underrepresented groups in tech. And We Can Code IT's bootcamp is now taught both virtually and they're back in person. Dev Mountain and Hackbright Academy were both just endorsed as 110 talent developers. 110 is a coalition committed to skills-first hiring in order to advance 1 million Black individuals without four-year degrees into good-paying jobs over the next 10 years. Dev Mountain and Hackbright also announced a partnership with tech company ACL Digital in order to sponsor gender diversity and tech scholarships at the boot camps. We just did a deep dive into what students can expect from these full tuition scholarships through ACL Digital on the Course Report blog, so we'll link to that in the roundup in case you're interested in applying. And another cool example of this is Mississippi Coding Academies. And WLOX in Mississippi reported that after 11 months of training, 
10 coders have graduated from the Coding Academy in August. So remember that Mississippi Coding Academy is a nonprofit organization and students don't actually pay tuition. And MCA's mission is to offer a non-traditional path in order to support diverse software professionals and offer economic opportunity for those living in Mississippi, especially those in disadvantaged and underserved communities. Such a great program. Yes, yes. It's on our list of nonprofit boot camps as well. So is Ada Developers Academy for what mm-hmm. it's worth. 2U announced a partnership with the city of Tulsa to offer tech training to underserved populations in the city. This tech training is through edX's Access Partnerships and will have a focus on its Cyber Skills Center, which is a scholarship initiative that gives women, people of color, and lower income professionals no cost access to training in either data analytics or cybersecurity. After the training, these Tulsa area students can complete an optional apprenticeship through Skillstorm, and the first cohort is going to kick off this October. Well, we saw plenty of news about new university bootcamp partnerships this month, and we added 16 new bootcamps to the course port directory in August. Jess, why don't we start off with the new Springboard partnership? Yeah, so Springboard announced a partnership with National University, which is based in San Diego, to offer online tech boot camps in software engineering, UX design, and cybersecurity. And the first cohort is going to kick off on September 12th. In Australia, Digital Skills Provider ServiceNow has launched a free coding bootcamp for recent grads and working adults. ServiceNow decided to launch this free bootcamp as part of their initiative to train 1,000 Australians in digital skills by the end of 2022. Quick Start has partnered with California State University Chico to offer online bootcamps in cybersecurity, cloud engineering, and data science. Full Stack Academy is partnered with Louisiana State University with the initiative of training people to fill over 10,000 product management jobs in Southern Louisiana, and that product management bootcamp will launch in October. Western Kentucky University has partnered with Promineo Tech to offer online digital skills bootcamps with cohorts starting this fall. And this isn't about a new school or campus, but we read over the last month that Galvanize has been closing some of their physical campuses. Seattle and Austin were both affected, and Galvanize had been operating its in-person boot camp and co-working space in Seattle for the past seven years. Austin, I think, was right behind that. But remember that Galvanize operates all of their boot camps through Hack Reactor now. Mm-hmm. And Jess, we added 16 new schools to the course report listings this month. Yes. Why don't we tell everyone who those new schools are? It was a busy month in our school listings, Liz. So we added nine new university boot camps. I'm just going to list them. University at Buffalo Cybersecurity Boot Camp, University of Colorado Boulder Cybersecurity Boot Camp, NC State Cybersecurity Boot Camp, Kansas State University Cybersecurity Boot Camp, NYU School of Professional Studies Cybersecurity Bootcamp, University of Nevada Las Vegas Cybersecurity Bootcamp, University of Wisconsin Madison Cybersecurity Bootcamp, and Penn State Cybersecurity Bootcamp. And these are all powered by Thrive DX. And then we added that National University Online Bootcamp that we talked about earlier that's powered by Springboard. And seven new online coding bootcamps are now on our listings. Those are Zuri Codes, Vilnius Coding School, Dublin Coding School, 
Riga Coding School, System Skills Boot Camps, Tech Educators, and Mimo Dev. So welcome to those 16 new schools. And if you are a graduate of any of those schools, you can now go to Course Report and leave a review of your experience as an alumni on the Course Report School page. Mm -hmm. All right. So to wrap up today's episode, just of course, we don't just report on bootcamp news in the media. You and I also publish a ton of content mm-hmm. on the Course Report blog. So what was your favorite piece to work on this August? So I never get tired of hearing career change stories. And I was really excited to hear from General Assembly grad Mel about how he pivoted from an in-person banking role to a remote software engineering role at Vanguard. Mel decided to make a career change during the pandemic when he was in his mid-30s. He had never <laughs> learned how to code before then. Um, and he says initially he wasn't even sure if he could learn how to code or actually be hired in a totally new and different career path um, since he'd been working his banking job for you know most of his adult life. He's got so many great tips for anyone who's thinking of making a career change later in their careers. So we'll link to that and definitely check it out for inspiration. Liz, what was your favorite piece to work on this month? Well, this August, we kicked off a new series on our blog called Ask a Career Coach. And you can kind of think of it as like Ask Amy, but questions that we're hearing from bootcamp students and even graduates. And so in this first installment, Marlene Tang, who is the alumni director and career coach at Coding Temple, answered a question from an alum that asked, what should my second job be after a boot camp? And Marlene answered this beautifully, whether that means going after a promotion at your current company that you love or moving on to a completely new role at a new uh, organization. She even covers the kinds of salary raises that you can expect from a promotion or a new job or just by doing nothing and not changing jobs at all. Uh, so yeah, check it out and stay tuned for the next installments of Ask a Career Coach where we are addressing freelancing. Should I take a freelancing job? And of course, if you have a question, email us at hello at coursereport.com and your, your question could be answered on our next edition. Mm-hmm. And that does it for our August podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online bootcamp opportunities and in-person opportunities. And we'll see you next month when we're back to school with our September Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And of course, we love feedback. So email us your thoughts about this podcast or an Ask a Career Coach question or even a question for our upcoming live panel. Uh, you can email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. We will see you in September. Bye, everyone.